Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants around about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace be upon Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. The Old Testament lesson for this third Vespers of the Midweek Advent series in Malachi is written in the second and third chapters of the book of the prophet Malachi, beginning at the tenth verse. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord which he loved, and hath married the daughter of a strange God. The Lord will cut off the man that doeth this, the master and the scholar, out of the tabernacles of Jacob, and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and with crying, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering any more, or receiveth it with good will at your hand. Yet ye say, Wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion, and the wife of thy covenant? And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit, and wherefore one? that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth divorce. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied him? When ye say, Every one that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them, or, Where is the God of judgment? Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. 
and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, and as in former years. And I will come near to you in judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, and against the adulterers, and against false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow, and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right. And fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, beginning at the thirteenth verse. Brothers, all things, when they are reproved, are revealed by the light, for everything that reveals is light. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore watch carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore don't be foolish." But understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunken with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always concerning all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, subjecting yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, being himself the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives also be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself gloriously, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without defect. Even so, husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord also does the church, because we are members of his body, of his flesh and bones. For this cause a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife. Then the two will become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I speak concerning Christ and of the church. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report concerning Jesus and said to his servants, This is John the baptizer. He is risen from the dead. This is why these powers work in him. For Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John said to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. When he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced among them and pleased Herod. 
Therefore he promised with an oath to give her whatever she should ask. She, being prompted by her mother, said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the baptizer. The king was grieved, but for the sake of his oaths and of those who sat at the table with him, he commanded it to be given, and he sent and beheaded John in the prison. His head was brought on a platter and given to the young lady, and she brought it to her mother. His disciples came, took the body, and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we heard, Malachi is a hard book full of rebukes and chastenings. And we heard the harshness of those rebukes last week as well. And of course, we heard more tonight. Yet the Lord only rebukes and chastens those whom he loves. That's what we know. And so as we hear Malachi tonight, we must remember the words of our Lord, which echo and ring through the entire book and all its rebukes. And those are the words of the Lord that first started the book of Malachi when he said, You have I loved, you have I chosen. The Lord loves his people and is faithful to them always. But the priests were not faithful. We heard about that last week. They led people astray from the word of God. And as a result, the people and the leaders were not faithful together. And as we hear tonight, they were not faithful to their spouses, whom God had united to them. And so Malachi asks about their marriages, Have we not all one father? Malachi opens this section on marriage and divorce with that question and the next to come. He says, Do not all the people of God by faith have one father? The Jews would point to Abraham as an example of marriage and divorce. That's where this is coming from. They saw Abraham as their father. They saw that Abraham married Hagar. They said she was a foreign woman. He had a son with her. Then he sent her away in divorce. So the Jews said, If Abraham is our father... We ought to follow his example. So we can also marry foreign women and we can also divorce women. They're much like the people today who say that the Bible has all these examples of different types of marriages and divorce. And so if the Bible has all this in it, then there can be all kinds of different marriages. Men with one wife, men with multiple wives, men marrying their late brother's wives. They'll tell you that if God permitted it then, then he must permit it now too. What the Jews said back then, what people say today about marriage in the Bible, often leads to the same place. But what the Jews then and many today miss is this. First off, with Abraham, Hagar, he didn't marry her out of lust, but out of a mistaken belief that he could bring about God's promise by himself. And when he divorced Hagar, he mourned over it. There was no joy. But most importantly is this point. 
more than Hagar being our father. In the faith, God is the father of us all. And that's what Hagar is pointing to. He's pointing to God being our father in the faith. And then he also asks, has not one God created us? He's saying we're all created by the same God in creation. And for Jews, they were created as a nation by one God out of the waters of the Exodus. And for Christians, we're created by one God in the waters of baptism. For those who are married, you are created as one flesh by God in marriage. If then we have one Father and one God in faith, one God and one Father as a people of God, one God and Father in marriage, one God and Father as the church, then Malachi asks, why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? That is to say, if we have one Father in God, why is there divorce amidst the church, the people of God? Why are the people of God going to marry foreign men and women? Why in general do we hold our sons and daughters in the faith from marrying other sons and daughters in the faith? Yet the covenant we inherited from our fathers, it forbids adultery. It confesses that marriage is one man and one woman in the image of Christ in the church. We see it profaned in the church, Malachi says. And so he continues. He says, Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. The faithlessness of the priests and pastors shows in their contempt for the Lord in his word and, in, and as his altar. The faithlessness of the people that follows, the faithlessness of the people as a whole, shows in their abomination of marriage and divorce. And back then, marriage and divorce wasn't just happening in the whole country of Judah. It also happened in the main city of Jerusalem. The priests and their leaders were doing this as well. And today, this abomination happens not just in the private homes of people, but it happens inside the church. Even her pastors and leaders are affected. The abomination which Malachi speaks of is this, that the people of God were divorcing their spouses who were also of the faith, and then they would pursue foreign women over their believing Israelite spouses. Now, some will pervert this and say that God is here forbidding interracial marriage or marriage between cultures, but that's not what he's doing. What Malachi is preaching against are two things. First, that a believer, he's preaching against a believer hating his spouse and divorcing her because of his hatred for her. And second, he's preaching against a believer that then pursues marriage with an unbeliever. That's what they mean by foreign women, an unbeliever. Perhaps they're going after a woman with beauty or a woman with a rich dowry, which results in the believer then marrying her and then submitting to her for whatever he was seeking. And more, it results in their children not knowing God, not knowing how to speak as a believer, but rather speaking as a pagan. So this, Malachi proclaims, profane God's institution of marriage. It profanes his people. It profanes his law, his gospel, his word. And when we bring it into here, his sanctuary. And for those who commit such an abomination, Malachi says of them, 
May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. That is to say, may the Lord excommunicate any man who commits an abomination of marriage and divorce and then comes to worship God as if God's fine with all of it. Because such an abomination disgraces the father of us all. It rejects his creation of the new man in faith. It rejects the union of the one flesh. It perverts the image of Christ who gave his life for his church and his church who submits to her Lord. That's why it's an abomination. And the result of all this, Malachi says, and the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. What he's saying is, is that the believers hating and divorcing their believing spouses results in those spouses suffering. The spouses that are hurt by divorce then come to the Lord's altar with tears and weeping and groaning. And so they come to the Lord's altar with with those tears and offer sacrifices drenched in those tears and the priests looked at that grieving and they accepted the sacrifices and thought all was well. And so the Lord looked at those sacrifices from the priest's hands as they let those people suffer and he rejected it. And so Malachi continues. But you say, why does he not accept these offerings? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. He did, not make them, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And notice what the Lord doesn't condemn here. He doesn't condemn people getting married in their youth, getting married while they're young. In fact, he says that he's a witness to them being married. He's the one that brought them together. He's the one that made them one flesh in their youth. Marrying young can be a blessing. Instead, what our Lord does is condemns the faithlessness. Faithlessness when one of God's people divorces his wife because he hates her and he hates God for giving her to him. Or faithlessness which seeks a spouse not within the people of God but seeks a spouse outside the faith. Faithlessness which tells God, you didn't give me the most beautiful or the most handsome or the richest options for marriage within your people, so I'm going to go out and look for it myself. I'll look for it in the world, among other people. Yet does not God make a man and woman one in marriage, as he desires to give them to each other? And that word for companion, in Hebrew it's much more powerful, but it's hard to translate. In Hebrew it means, she is the one with whom you have been united with whom you have been knit together with in every intimate way. That's what it means by companion. You are completely united to your spouse. And so for believers, does God not also bestow His Spirit on the marriage between believers? That's what He says He does. He makes you one flesh and He bestows His Spirit. So then should we dare snub God's gift of marriage and spirit? That's what Malachi is asking. He's accusing Judah of doing and this, according to Malachi, is why God does this. When he says, and what, what was the one God seeking? From your marriage, what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. 
So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. God unites a man and a woman, believers, together in marriage for life so that not only may the marriage be godly, but also so the children being raised in the marriage, being raised in the church may be godly as well. That's what God seeks. And then he says, for the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, And really, the Hebrew's tough, but it should read, the Lord says he hates divorce. Not that the man hates his wife, but it reads, the Lord says he hates divorce. And that the man who divorces his wife covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. Can a married couple produce godly children if they are faithless? if they hate each other and divorce and go on marrying unbelievers? This would indicate not. So the Lord hates divorce, and see how he describes it. He says, one who hates and divorces his wife covers his garment with violence. That is to say, divorce is violent. No matter how the Jews tried to justify divorce, no matter how people today try to normalize divorce or celebrate divorce with parties or make the divorce look cordial, there's no getting around that it is violent. It's as violent as splitting a man in half because that's what you're doing. You're taking one flesh and tearing and ripping it apart into two, which harms the spouse who hates and divorces. It harms the spouse who is hated It harms the children of that union. It harms the extended families. It harms the community of believers. To hate and divorce, and then to come and sacrifice and worship to the Lord, he says, is like trying to cover those wounds of violence with a garment. But the Lord sees all. And so he warns the believers who may be tempted, guard yourselves in your spirit. Do not be faithless. And yet, even with the Lord's warning, every culture will use as many words as they can to justify divorce or to justify marriage to those who are outside the faith. They'll talk about how difficult marriage is, how intolerable life is with this person or that person, about happiness and personal personal fulfillment, about simply falling out of love or wanting something different at a different point in life. Of course, we acknowledge as the church that there may be divorce in cases of sexual immorality, that there may be divorces where Christians have been abandoned, where they faced physical or other types of abuse. We're not talking about those who, are, who have suffered divorce, but who hate and cause the divorce. He's speaking, of those, but he's speaking about those and against those who hate their spouse, who desire divorce from their spouse and then come to worship him trying to justify it with many words until the Lord says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. And you say, how have we wearied him? By saying everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Is it any surprise that when the people are faithless, it shows because the leaders are also faithless? The leaders say that evil is good and that God glories or delights in those who do evil. Is it any surprise that the people do evil? 
That's what the Lord accuses them of. And so our Lord's response to faithless leaders is to send faithful messengers. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. For the Jews in Malachi's time, this meant that John the Baptist would be sent to prepare the way and prepare it by faithfully proclaiming the word, which was repent. Repent of faithlessness and worship. Repent of faithlessness from your hatred and marriage, from your desiring divorce. Repent of seeking a spouse outside the faith. Repent of forsaking faithful, of, repent for forsaking faithful marriage, for forsaking godly children that come with it. Repent for adultery against your spouse and lusting for unbelievers. Repent of your adultery against God by lusting for other gods. That's the message. He's saying, don't be like Herod who had John slaughtered for this message of repent. That's what he told Herod. Repent. You have your brother's wife. Repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because when you hear those words from John, then Malachi says, when those words are spoken, then the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. When John the Baptist preached, Jesus was there. They just didn't recognize him. When John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's womb, all of a sudden the Lord appeared in the temple of his flesh in the womb of Mary. And so also will he appear suddenly on the last day. And so the Lord asked, when he does appear, who will be able to endure him? Who will be able to stand before him? And the only people that will be able to endure and stand before Christ will be those who heard John's message and listened. Repent. And see what our Lord does when the way is prepared. How in baptism, He takes His purified Word and there purifies us like with fire or soap and makes us pure. Pure to bring offerings to Him in sacrifices of prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. Not in grief, but in joy. Because while He does come in judgment, which He warns about, He also comes in salvation. We're having cleansed you of all your filth in baptism, making you as pure as silver, and with all your dross now cleansed from you, and now on him. He took it to the cross where he endured and stood in the Father's wrath and died for our sin, so that in his resurrection we may give sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving in joy. The Lord knows our faithlessness. And so he prepares us for his sudden coming in repentance. And in repentance, that's where he makes us pure to endure his coming, to stand before him as one of his own, as one who is faithful to him. This is why he rebukes us. This is why he sends us messengers, faithful pastors, to proclaim the message of repentance. 
He does it so that we can avoid this in verse 5. Then I will draw near to you for judgment, and I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner, and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. He does not want us to suffer this fate. And so he warns, guard yourselves in your spirit. Do not be faithless to God or to your spouse. He does all this for you because he says, you I have loved, you I have chosen. Amen. And may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. To me according to thy word. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. 
Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning, I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O Lord, we beseech you, let your merciful ears attend to the prayer of your humble servants, because with you there is forgiveness of sins, that you may not mark our iniquities, but vouchsafe to us your mercies. O Lord, grant us steadfastness in the midst of trial and persecution, that we may inherit from you the treasures of heaven by your grace alone. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you allowed your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to become fully human and come into the world to destroy the tyranny of the devil. Deliver us, poor offenders, from sin and death, and give us eternal life. Rule and govern our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that we may seek no other refuge than his word and avoid all offense, that we may always be found among the faithful followers of your Son, and by faith in him, obtain eternal salvation. Bless us, O Lord, who fear you, and make us to walk continually in your ways. Bless us with your holy benediction, that we may see the everlasting good of Jerusalem. Lord, we beseech you, give ear to our prayers and lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. 
O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength, and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day. And we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.